It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Canada wildfires shroud New York in apocalyptic haze. It's a lot bigger region than just New York. Next headline, Canada wildfire smoke, air quality beyond hazardous. It's so far beyond hazardous because they aren't even looking for the most hazardous particles of all. Nanoparticle size, I'll get to that. Tens of millions under air quality alerts in U.S. as Canada fire smoke drifts south. It's drifting exactly where they want it to drift. More details in a moment. 10 million acres have burnt, 15 times normal. What's normal about that? And the fire season is just beginning, just starting. Canada's wildfires are part of our new climate reality, experts and officials say. All of these are headlines, easily researched, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. Much more on the Canadian incinerations in a moment. Climate risks have made California uninsurable. When will we wake up? That headline asks. Yes, when will we wake up to the climate engineering onslaught in our skies, which is the single biggest factor fueling wildfires. I'm not denying all other sources of human damage to the planet. I am so fed up with individuals who quote me as somehow blaming everything on climate engineering. I've never, ever done that. We've decimated the planet. But climate engineering is disabling the planet's ability to respond to the damage done. And that's the biggest problem of all. No legitimate discussion about climate, anything from any perspective without addressing climate engineering, first and foremost. Next headline. All these are from multiple sources. Easy to find online. Severe weather concerns will ramp up across the nation's midsection into next week. The severe weather, with more cyclonic rotations, colliding air masses, not an accident, not nature, and massive hail. Now the norm. Massive hail. It can be across the street from raging wildfires. We have baseball-sized hail, and we have a population going about its business as if there's nothing wrong, and as if it's all going to continue magically indefinitely into the future, which is an incredibly naive notion. Next, the age of extinction, insect decline, a threat to fruit crops and food security, science warned. What does that mean? If we have no food crops, we have no insects, we have no habitat, we have no people. How simple is that? How many people still think food comes from Walmart? kind of a society do we live in? I, I really, multiple times a day, have to stop and ponder what planet I landed on. From the time I was very small, I felt I had landed on the wrong planet, in fact, from everything I saw, from the behavior of, of the adults around me that did not have any moral grounding in so many cases. I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. It's not just a lack of sanity in our societies. It's a lack of morality a virtual epidemic of moral bankruptcy. And I'm not speaking about a left or right issue. It's just in general. And so many people caught up in this scripted political left-right paradigm while the planet's life support systems are literally imploding around us, while we're being sprayed like lab rats from our skies in what is obviously ongoing climate engineering operations. Of course the government is not going to ask our permission to do this. When have they ever asked our permission? Did they ask our permission to detonate 2,400 nuclear bombs? Did they ask our permission to conduct hundreds, literally hundreds on the record of biological tests over innocent, unknowing U.S. populations? According to the Washington Post, as of 
1977, they had conducted no less than 239 open-air biological tests over U.S. citizens without their knowledge or consent. And on every side of, again, the orchestrated divide, you have so many people with so many conclusions, almost none of which they have researched out thoroughly, objectively, on their own. They simply know what they heard or someone said or they saw somewhere. That's not enough. It's not enough. And how many people don't believe what they can see with their own eyes? They've chosen to abandon their lying eyes for official narratives or what their peers say or what their particular institution they belong to says. It's not a recipe for survival on a rapidly dying planet with climate engineering raging overhead. Next, researchers warn global warming of up to three degrees likely. We're talking about by the end of the 21st century. Guess what? We're past that point right now. We're being lied to to a degree that can scarcely be comprehended. And there are so many that still stick to their denial of the planetary meltdown because they so hate Al Gore, they refuse to look at the wider horizon through a clear lens. And anyway, for far too many, it's much more desirable to pretend we can drive five mile per gallon motorhomes forever and still continue to survive on this planet. Not going to happen. Yes, climate engineering is the most destructive single human activity of all, but by no means the only destructive human activity. We've laid waste to this planet in a geologic blink of an eye. Going through 100 million barrels of carbon fuel a day is a massive problem. Climate engineering disabling the planet's life support systems or ability to respond to the damage done, even bigger problem. So let's get back to the meltdown throughout last week. Over 400 wildfires raged in Canada. Extremely anomalous and unnatural upper-level wind currents pushed much of that smoke into the U.S. Was it all just nature, giving the human race a bad time? Or, in reality, is the exact opposite the case? That what is happening is anything but natural or nature. And again, this must be considered in the equation. Can there be any legitimate discussion of climate, anything from any perspective, without first and foremost acknowledging, addressing, and including the global climate engineering operations and their part in the equation? No. No legitimate discussion of climate, anything, without addressing and including the climate engineering factor. About the Canadian incinerations, from CBC Canada, this. The fires in Quebec were caused by a combination of very dry, very warm conditions and a thunderstorm that ignited the fires. A thunderstorm. That's the best they can do. Certainly, we already know that it must be unnaturally dry and unnaturally hot for forests to incinerate with such ferocity. But the excuse of a thunderstorm igniting all the fires in the same window of time a thunderstorm. Does that add up? An examination of radar maps over the region on the day the firestorms erupted in Quebec showed generally clear skies and they erupted almost all at once. If you think that power structures, specifically the U.S. military, would not use wildfires as a weapon to serve their own purposes, think again. In fact, do more. Actually investigate. Search geoengineeringwatch.org wildfires as a weapon, U.S. military exposed, and the name of that military study, the exact title, Forced Fire as a Military Weapon. This is a 140-page document that specifically outlines how to prep a forest for massive incinerations, and it is exactly what climate engineering operations are doing right now in specific regions. 
Everything described in this document is what is occurring through our forests. It's what's setting the template for these forests to burn like they do. The source of ignition is another subject. Many methods for starting a fire, but what is setting the template for those fires to burn with such ferocity? And what is even more alarming about this military document, U.S. military document, forest fire as a military weapon. Again, the title of the Geoengineering Watch post, Wildfires as a Weapon, U.S. Military Exposed. There are targets named throughout the U.S. in this document. Why? Ask yourself why. So again, whatever the case is in regard to the source of ignition for these fires, which any organized effort of arson could accomplish, the bigger question is what has set the template for so many fires to burn with such fury over such vast regions? And that core factor is climate intervention operations. Now let's add this to the equation. A quote, Omega Bach jet stream pattern. This is a headline from numerous sources. This is the term for the upper-level wind current pattern that was set up over North America this week that in some ways looks like the Omega symbol, but this configuration was beyond extreme. I've never seen anything like it. Snaking around various high and low-pressure zones, the jet stream plunged south from the Arctic Circle just off the west coast of the U.S. Then it circled counterclockwise around a low-pressure zone over Baja in Southern California, and next it continued straight north through Canada, all the way back to the Arctic Circle, and there it rotated around another form of atmospheric pulley, an ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat dome, which not only helped to bake the region, the clockwise rotation of the high-pressure dome directed the jet stream back to the south, rotates right around that dome, almost all the way to Florida. A counterclockwise rotating low-pressure zone over the U.S. Northeast accomplished this. All of these factors are core to the manipulation of upper-level air masses, which pulled the Quebec wildfire smoke into the U.S., all connected to climate engineering manipulation via atmospheric aerosol dispersions and frequency transmissions. They are inseparable. In confirmation of all that I've just outlined, here's a statement from one of the so-called experts at the Weather Channel. Quote, an omega block is keeping the weather pattern much the same day after day. A high pressure system is in control in the middle of the country, while low pressure systems are over both the east and west coasts. That's exactly what I just described. The Weather Channel climate engineer cover factor then states, quote, I haven't seen anything like that yet. Imagine that. Next question. Why is all this smoke and whatever else is being sprayed on top of the smoke canopy so consistently settling down and staying stuck at ground level? Again, ionosphere heater 101. When frequency transmissions from an ionosphere heater installation superheat the ionosphere, it pushes the atmosphere up and down. The downward push keeps the smoke from rising keeps it on the ground. They did the same thing in the West. They've done the same thing all over the world to make sure that the air quality is as bad as it can possibly be. They push it down and hold it on the ground. We didn't have this in decades long past. We didn't see these kinds of conditions. And how do we know they're spraying on top of the smoke canopy? Because we have time-lapse film footage at geoengineeringwatch.org in the film The Dimming, the groundbreaking documentary The Dimming. If you want to know why we can say definitively climate engineering is absolutely positively going on, Watch the dimming for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And we captured on time-lapse film footage blanket aerosol spraying directly on top of the Paradise Fire. 
inarguable. Why would they do that? It's certainly not about some benevolent form of climate engineering. It's something very, very different, something that can only be considered malevolent. Will a sickened and less functional population be easier to control as they begin to awaken to what's been and is being done to them? Of course, of course they would. And as we hurl toward near-term total collapse, would the matrix controllers consider debilitating populations as advantageous to them and their agendas? You decide. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News. The end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. If you want to strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue with those around you, check the activist materials section on the homepage of Geoengineering Watch. Shirts, hoodies, and super effective printed materials that we pass on for less than our total cost of producing and shipping just to get them into circulation. Make your voice heard. Moving on. We posted an interview this week at geoengineeringwatch.org, one hour with myself and presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy addressing the climate engineering issue. Please help us to circulate this important exchange to as many as possible. We must put climate engineering on the radar as fast as we can because we are rapidly running out of time. We had more help from South American media. I did an interview with South American newspaper La Prensa. They did a very long and detailed report on the climate engineering issue based on that interview. And we heard from contacts in South America that had already seen it. It is circulating there. People are, in fact, finally waking up, and the media, in some regions at least, is beginning to help. The Quebec fire ignitions share parallels to the 2008 California firestorms, which we saw massive aerosol spraying before that occurred, drying out the atmosphere but creating an ionized atmosphere more electrically conductive, less precipitation, more dry lightning. More dry lightning, more wildfires. Let's cover some bullet points on exactly how climate intervention operations are further fueling wildfires, completely disrupting the global hydrological cycle, causing record droughts and record deluges, destroying the ozone layer, which allows lethal levels of UV radiation to reach the surface of the planet, including UVC radiation that fries foliage, causes the trees to shut their, shut their stomata, the respiratory ports, they don't breathe, they don't absorb carbon, they don't release oxygen, completely contaminates the biosphere from the clouds to the ground with highly toxic heavy metals and polymers. These are climate injuring elements. Peer-reviewed study proves that some of these elements, like aluminum and barium, have very negative effects on root systems and soil microbiome, causing trees and crops to reduce or even stop nutrient uptake. Climate engineering is contributing to extreme global tree foliage and crop die-off, a result of factors already cited. Climate engineering is creating exponentially more dry lightning, as is already cited, due to the atmospheric saturation of the electrically conductive climate engineering elements, which also act as desiccants that further dry out forests and foliage, siphoning the moisture out of everything. Again, more dry lightning. And greatly contributing to fire intensity and volatility due to the fallout of climate engineering elements like aluminum and barium, which are incendiaries. This is an incendiary dust that settles down on the entire forest, foliage and the forest floor, all of these factors. If you want to see a much more detailed expose on the connection between wildfires and climate engineering, please search this report, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. 
So about those particles that are settling out through our breathable air column and even through smoke-permeated canopies, because we know they're spraying on top of these canopies, we, again, have filmed them doing so. The particles coat our lungs, our lung linings. Air quality warnings don't even consider or count the most harmful particles of all, nanoparticles. I've been to EPA meetings in Sacramento, the state capital, with top EPA officials, and told to my face the entire, quote, air quality system is rigged. They only search for generally PM10, 10 microns, at best PM2.5 microns. Climate engineering elements are nanoparticles. Based on our extrapolations from precipitation tests over an entire state and then calculating what the whole world's surface area would be, it appears about 40 to 60 million tons of these particles are being sprayed into our skies annually and they're not counted on any air quality testing system. Again, the most lethal particles of all and lethal elements that are lethal by themselves when combined even more lethal. It's called synergistic toxicity. It's amazing any of us are even functioning. And very many days under that toxic cloud canopy being pushed down onto the surface with who knows what being sprayed on top of it, we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be because we have no official agency even giving us a clue of just how bad it is. No matter how dire their warnings seem to be, it's far worse than anything they're telling us. Last week, NPR asked, quote, what are the health effects of PM2.5? Again, that's the lowest particle size, smallest particle size they test for. And we're talking about something unimaginably smaller, exponentially smaller. So about solar radiation management, again, that's the stated term for climate engineering operations, the stated purpose to put light scattering particles into the sky to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy, which we know is actually further heating the planet overall. Short-term, highly toxic cool-downs at the cost of an even worse in warming. But we do have media sources and so-called science sources continuing to try to covertly sell climate engineering as a good thing with headlines like this from Al Jazeera. Particle pollution from all sources, and of course they're not mentioning climate engineering, dampens warming by about a half a degree Celsius, which means at least in the short term, more of that heat will reach the planet's surface as the air becomes cleaner. What are they trying to say there, covertly? We need to put more particles in the air and pretend it's helping the warming and not harming it and killing everything else in the process. Everything. Is it going to get hotter still? The short answer is yes, likely with unimaginable speed. Does U.S. Matrix Media TV news cover any of the most critical threats that are closing in on all of us? With the exception of the orchestration of World War III, the answer is no. Just nonstop scripted political theater without any mention ever of the fact that the planet's life support systems are failing by the day, with weather warfare raging in our skies, which of course they'll never mention, unless it's an attempt to marginalize anyone that has shown the courage to acknowledge the climate engineering assault. Chinese CGTN news covers far more meaningful global issues on unfolding catastrophes. That's a truly sad state of affairs, isn't it? We have to watch the communist news to find out what's happening around the world because our media is certainly not telling us about anything that matters. They put the most polarizing figures up on every single channel. They try to put a figure up that will polarize the opposite demographic, divide and conquer. Next from BBC, El Nino planet warming weather phase has begun. Yes, it has. The oceans are releasing heat, although the climate engineers have tried to bottle that heat up in the ocean as long as they can by affecting, again, the upper-level wind currents, 
which affects ocean currents, which has allowed them to try to bottle that heat up in the oceans, killing the ocean. They can't hide it there anymore. We're in for a ride from here. From this report, U.S. scientists confirmed that El Nino had started. Experts say it will likely make 2024 the world's hottest year after 2023, of course. The report continues, they fear it will help push the world past a key 1.5 C degree warming milestone. Way too late for that. Based on pre-industrial temperatures, we are likely past 3.5 C of warming right now. It's being systematically hidden. And that's not hard to do when you have a population that doesn't want to know in the first place. And how many in the population, again, because they know people are making money off the imploding climate, the disaster capitalists, the pirates filling their pockets with loot on the sinking ship, because they know that, they convince themselves, well, there must not be a problem. Because they convince themselves that it must be just some sort of money-making scam. Here's a, an example to plug into that thought process. We have individuals making money off all sides of war again and again and again. Does that mean the war didn't happen? Does that mean people didn't die because someone was making money off of it? We need to think rationally and logically. That's why we have these God-given gifts. We're expected to use them. Just because people are making money off catastrophe doesn't mean the catastrophe isn't real. The BBC report continues with this. El Nino will also affect world weather, potentially bringing drought to Australia, more rain to the southern U.S., and weakening India's monsoon. That is the scheduled weather. Stop and consider that well over 50 years ago, Project Popeye in Vietnam completely controlled the hydrological cycle. How much further have we come since then? That's a historical record. And people want to pretend that no one can control the weather? What a moronic conclusion at this point. It's time to wake up. They then say the El Nino event will likely last until spring, after which its impacts will recede. Nothing's receding. It's increasingly rough water from here on out. You can quote me on that. From Reuters, more on the orchestrated incineration of Earth's last remaining forest. Wildfires spread in eastern Canada, forcing evacuations in coastal Quebec. From the Washington Post, the eastern U.S. air quality reaches harmful levels as Canadian wildfires rage. From the New York Times, wildfire smoke, unhealthy air envelops large parts of North America. From that report, the sun is no longer visible. Everything's orange. The parking lot lights have come on. Forecasters from the National Weather Service office in Binghamton, New York, tweeted Wednesday morning, the swath of more dense smoke will continue to move south. Speaking to reporters, the governor of New York called the worsening air quality in New York an emergency crisis. People have to prepare for this over the long haul. In quote from the Times report about that last statement, we can dispel that one now. If we ran in the current course, there will be no long haul. No one be around for much longer. And that's a statistical mathematical fact. It's not my opinion. It's not conjecture or hypothesis. It's statistical trajectory. 80 to 90% of insects gone. 90% of pelagic fish populations gone. Crops crashing all over the globe. Ozone layer crashing. Oceans superheating and dying. Each of these factors are existential threats in and of themselves. They are all converging at once. It is unbelievably eyes wide shut, willfully blind to believe that this paradigm can continue for much longer under any scenario, any scenario. And I know that's what so many refuse to hear. They refuse to. It can't be that bad. I've had double PhD academicians that I no personally no longer communicate with because of their willful blindness. I don't have the time to waste with them. Double PhD that told me to my face, climate engineering isn't real. 
unless or until there's a peer-reviewed study from a matrix institution is what he meant to admit that it's real. So until the criminal acknowledges the crime, it's not real. And that's coming from a double PhD, so-called scientist, moving on back to more footnotes from the Planetary Asylum. Should it be any surprise that every other commercial on mainstream media is for big pharma treatment for the epidemic of respiratory issues that now plagues populations all over the globe? Allergy, asthma, COPD, the list goes on and on and on. And again, we're not just breathing smoke. We're not just breathing industrialized pollution. We're not just breathing vehicle exhaust. We're inhaling the fallout from literally tens of millions of tons of highly toxic climate engineering elements. Moving back to the Canadian forest incinerations, what do the climate engineers have scheduled for the rest of 2023? From Reuters.com, first the headline, Canada on track for its worst ever wildfire season. It's certainly way past that point. It's 15 times worse than the historical average, which is worse than the true historical average before the more recent time windows that warp that average and distort it. And then this Reuters report says this, Canada's on track for its worst ever year of wildfire destruction as warm, dry air conditions are forecasted to persist to the end of summer after an unprecedented start to the fire season. That's what's scheduled. That is the scheduled weather. Where is the weather forecasting coming from? It's coming from the private defense contractors that are neck deep in geoengineering. Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, for starters. Those are the two entities that provide all the weather modeling for the National Weather Service and NOAA, the so-called governmental forecasting agencies that have a federal gag order on them. I wonder why. That's not hard to sort out, is it? From NBC News, blazes are burning in nearly all Canadian provinces and territories, and federal government officials said their modeling shows increased wildfire risk in most of Canada, again, through the end of August, the end of summer. They're using the incineration of boreal forests to mimic the temporary toxic cooling effect of a volcano to mask the true severity of what's unfolding until the last possible moment. This is truly cutting off your nose to spite your face to destroy Earth's last remaining life support systems as a component of agendas for power and control. Moving on, perhaps Bernie Sanders has the answer. Last week he said this, Right now, 98 million people on the East Coast are under air quality alerts from Canadian fires. And last night, New York City had the worst air quality in the world. Climate change, Sanders said, makes wildfires more frequent and widespread. If we do nothing, he said, this is our new reality. It's time to act. Time to act, Bernie? Like spraying skies all over the world with highly toxic solar radiation management particles that we all get to inhale with every breath we take? And that's only... One puzzle piece of the insanity being carried out in our skies? Over 75 years ago, the Matrix manipulators committed us all to an experiment from which there is no return. Global climate engineering operations that are also being utilized as a form of covert weather warfare. The far north from Canada to Siberia are baking and burning. Climate engineering operations are inseparable from this equation. Again, search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And the Arctic isn't the only polar region that's now superheating and imploding. Antarctica is undergoing the same. In both polar regions, sea ice is currently at record low levels and still plunging. But, many ask, if it's so cold in the poles, 
What's causing the flash cooldowns in the U.S.? Are the climate engineers desperate enough to spray over the top of smoke canopies with endothermic reacting elements in a desperate attempt to cool the atmospheric moisture contained in the smoke? And there is a great deal of moisture in smoke, for those who don't know that. You can actually have a precipitating pyrocumulus cloud over wildfires if they're hot enough. Not so much moisture enters the atmosphere from that smoke. And they're pushing moisture in from the low pressure, the low pressure circulation I mentioned earlier off the east coast of the U.S. That's pushing more moisture into the smoke. When they seed that with endothermic reacting elements, they create a cold, dense layer of air that descends to the surface and lowers temperatures. And while considering if the climate engineers are desperate enough to do this, Consider the following new report from AccuWeather, a headline from late last week that highlights the climate engineering weather whiplash scenarios that have become the norm and that I brought up on so many broadcasts over so many years. Here's the headline, again from AccuWeather. Cool air to rush across the Northeast in wake of record-breaking heat. Report says temperatures can plunge 30 degrees in some locations as a weather phenomenon known as a backdoor cold front sweeps away the summertime heat that kicked off the month of June. People across the Northeast, they say, may experience a case of weather whiplash this weekend as Mother Nature turns on the air conditioner. Question, is Mother Nature seeding all those climate engineering, endothermic, reacting, chemical ice nucleating elements into clouds? Is that just Mother Nature? Is Mother Nature flying that jet around and spraying those materials? For the so-called scientists that work at these climate engineering cover-up institutions like AccuWeather, I don't know. I truly don't don't comprehend how they can look themselves in the mirror. I don't. And I would not want to be in their shoes when they take their last breath. Would not want to face that fate. And about chemical ice nucleation operations, we'll continue to see the massive hailstorms and hailstones. That's, again, a harbinger of climate intervention operations and chemical ice nucleation being conducted. That type of cloud seeding, that's going to continue. Anywhere and everywhere, the climate engineers have enough moisture to carry out those operations. The desperation of the controllers continues to escalate. The global controllers are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. If they orchestrate the triggering of World War III in a final desperate attempt to retain their hegemonic power, it will be the end of the road, not just for the human race, but likely for all life on Earth, which is already hanging by a thread. Would they actually instigate global conflict? We already know the answer. But while pondering that, consider the following new headline from AsiaTimes.com. Quote, is a Gulf of Tonkin-type incident brewing in the South China Sea. History can only repeat itself when past lessons are forgotten. The report states more than 60 years ago, on August 4, 1964, the U.S. claimed that North Vietnamese patrol boats had attacked the U.S. naval destroyer Maddox in the Gulf of Tonkin. This incident led to the August 10th U.S. Congress Gulf of Tonkin resolution that became then-President Lyndon Johnson's justification for starting the Vietnam War. Oh, the Lyndon Johnson that states he who controls the weather controls the world. That Lyndon Johnson? Yeah, that one. The alleged Gulf of Tonkin attack never happened. It was a U.S. government fabricated lie that in the end was paid for by the lives of many millions, civilian and military Question, how many Americans are aware of the crimes committed by the U.S. government that I just mentioned? How many Americans even care? What country, or rather empire, has their bases in everyone else's country or on their borders? About 800 of them, all over the world. What country has a military juggernaut that's bigger than the next 10 biggest militaries combined? What country has three times more jet tanker aircraft than all other militaries combined? Jet tankers that are ideally suited for atmospheric spraying operations. 
The answer to every question just asked, of course, is the U.S. military, which for the record is also the largest single source polluter on the planet. Am I condoning other militaries because I'm criticizing our own? No, of course not. As I've stated so many times, it's a matter of scale. Let's stop for a moment to consider just how insane it is to continue with completely out-of-control manufacturing of ever more and ever larger weapons of mass destruction on a dying planet with dwindling resources, and all the while pretending that the military mentality is going to protect and preserve us. Total delusion. Again, not just our country, it's in every country, but who's in everyone else's backyard and on their borders? Who? From MSN.com, climate crisis is on track to push one-third of humanity out of its most livable environment. What a gross understatement that is. That's already the case today. We're way past that case, in fact. And they're pretending that somewhere down the road, we might end up in some sort of not-so-pleasant place. No, we won't be here. The report says climate change is remapping where humans can exist on the planet as optimum conditions shift away from the equator and toward the poles. There won't be any optimal place anywhere on the planet on the current course because the planet will be a lifeless ball of rock spinning in space. That's where we're headed. I understand how many people don't believe that because they've been trained, taught, and programmed from birth to reject any unpleasant truth. If it's too unpleasant, it must not be true. Keep thinking that. See how it goes. Next, multiple sources. World's wheat supply at risk of a dangerous shock due to heat and drought, study warns. In that report, new research outlines a worst-case scenario in which extreme weather hammers winter wheat crops in both the U.S., Midwest, and northeastern China at the same time in the same year. Extreme heat waves and droughts due to climate change have the potential to shock the global food supply and send prices soaring, according to a new study. It's already happening. Let's continue on this same theme of the imploding food supply for the exploding human population. From SciTech Daily, climate change is expected to increase the number of devastating flash droughts. The single biggest drought-causing factor, period, is climate engineering. Because it is completely disrupting the hydrological cycle. You have to have more rain on a warming planet overall. More overall rain. Doesn't mean there won't be droughts. Doesn't mean that. Didn't say that. It means there can't be more overall drought on a warming planet because the atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming and we are likely past 3.5 degrees C now. Only way there can be less overall rain, climate engineering. That's exactly what we have. In this report, it states the swift onset of unexpected drought known as flash drought. We didn't even hear about this 15 years ago. Now it's every day on all the climate engineering cover-up stations. Flash drought, which can have a serious impact on both agriculture and ecological systems, is currently being studied by researchers at the University of Oklahoma. These sudden droughts can have far-reaching effects beyond their immediate area. The researchers aim to determine how the increasing global temperatures might influence the frequency of flash droughts and the associated risks to global crop fields. Search geoengineeringwatch.org. Engineered drought catastrophe target California. And that's exactly what we had up until this year when someone changed the schedule. Almost 10 years ago, everything I said would happen did happen because we can see it happening on weather radar, satellite images, and if it continued, climate engineering operations, very visible on satellite, the mega droughts had to happen, and they did. From geographical.com, next headline this week, China swelters through an extreme heat wave. Scorching temperatures are set to continue in China throughout June. Again, the scheduled weather. 
And we don't know, we can't tell, and we have no way of knowing how much fraying apart of the former global climate engineering cooperation is now occurring. Countries now stopping that cooperation and forcing the climate against other countries in a giant battlefield in the sky. We can't know. We can't know how much is cooperation, how much is actually a battle being waged in our skies at this point. From AccuWeather.com, farm animals, crops suffer extreme weather affecting China. Pigs, rabbits, and fish have been dying from searing temperatures in recent days. Reports of farm animals killed by extreme heat have dominated the news. This is in China because you sure wouldn't see it on U.S. news, would you? While wheat fields in central China have been flooded, drought deluge scenarios, the hallmark of climate engineering operations. I've cited that for so many years. Wheat fields in China have been flooded by the heaviest rainfall in decades. Heavy rainfall flooded the wheat fields in Henan, a central province, which accounts for a quarter of China's production in the last week of May, just days before harvest time. In the most critical window of harvest, we see it happening again and again and again. Flash drought, flash freeze, flash flood, over and over. It can be flash hailstorms, giant hail wiping crops out. More on weather warfare crop damage from GlobalTimes.com. Chinese farmers race against time to harvest wheat amid rainy weather. A major wheat producer in China had persistent rain during the critical harvest period, just as I mentioned. U.S. corn crop deteriorates after Midwest hit by worst drought in a decade. From that report, farmers in Corn Belt states have been very concerned about their crops this spring as drought expands across the heartland over and over. It's happening all over the globe, and people pretending that they have nothing to worry about because Walmart always has food. From DownToEarth.org, El Nino effect. Even in drought-tolerant forests, seedlings more likely to die. Scientists study the effects of drought, find mortality higher in evergreen forests than deciduous ones. Let's go over the death rate of seedlings planted in forests in Northern California. I can tell you that firsthand. Going back 20 years, I could plant 250 to 300 trees a day by myself. These are called plugs. They're seedlings that are genetically adapted to this area. I'd have a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of those trees would make it through the first year. And now as of about even 10 years ago, I don't plant them anymore. There's no point. But going back about 10 years, success rate was zero. Nothing made it through the first year. Nothing. So much for our forest. If you think they're coming back in any time frame that matters, think again. From the UK Guardian, more than 8 million Amazon trees have been cut down in six years to meet beef demand. So when people think it's funny that there's a problem with the diet we have trying to feed 8 million people, it's not funny. It's not funny when they're cutting down the Amazon forest to raise cows. No forests. No people. It's a problem. Is weather warfare a bigger problem? Yes. But it's absolutely not the only problem. And it doesn't outweigh all the other problems combined. The equation is complex. It's not a this or that equation. We have too many people who have been taught, trained, and programmed from birth to think in dichotomous terms. We're either on the blue team or the red team. Which is it? No, it's far more complex than that. 
You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast installment number 409, June 10th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on 22 a.m. and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. If you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities now with over a million and a half views on YouTube. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of Geoengineering Watch. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate our critically important data to a much wider audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials? They can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward effectively and efficiently. High-quality printed materials, which we pass on for less than our cost of producing and shipping. Also, our T-shirts and hoodies and business cards that are very effective, all available on the homepage. Again, our only goal, to move this fight forward as fast as we possibly can. We must reach a critical mass of awareness. It's the only way forward in this fight. If we can do that, so many wheels in this battle will begin to turn on their own as people in much higher positions realize that they are sinking on the same ship with the rest of us. If we can reach that point, we'll cause a shockwave around the world. This battle is a team effort, and I wish to express my deepest and most sincere gratitude to all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters. Stay tuned for input on how you can make your voice heard. Pressing on from CNN and other sources this week, Siberia swelters in record-breaking temperatures amid its worst heat wave in history. These are incredibly dire harbingers of what's happening to our planet. And when the climate engineers can cool off Southern California and make everybody think that it must be that way around the globe, it couldn't be further from the truth. You must look past your own doorstep. The world is incinerating climate engineering in the attempt to hide it and to use weather as a weapon is only further fueling the meltdown. On that note from InsideClimateNews.com, Puerto Rico is so hot this week, it's astonishing some meteorologists. From the report, parts of the U.S. territory reached a life-threatening heat index of 125 degrees Fahrenheit on Monday, driven by a combination of an intense heat dome, wherever I heard that term before, now the norm, and they say El Nino and climate change. Of course, no mention of climate engineering, the elephant in this equation and every other weather cataclysm equation. Not that we wouldn't have weather cataclysm without climate engineering. You could stop tomorrow. All human activity could stop tomorrow. Would everything go back to normal? Absolutely not. We're through the guardrail, soaring through the air, sailing to the bottom of the canyon. You can't put a set of brakes in the car now. It's too late. Climate engineering, yes, it's making it far worse, but it is by no means the only factor in the equation. And if you stop it, Everything doesn't just go back to normal, magically. Too late. 
Puerto Rico is so hot this week that it's baffling weather experts. How about that? Do we see anything like that on mainstream network media? I don't care what political stripe the media is. We don't see any of this. None of it. From Al Jazeera, this headline, Planet Warming at Unprecedented Rate. That's a gross understatement. We would be lucky if we faced global warming. We face something far worse and far more immediate. We face an abrupt climate collapse. It's happening now. I don't care and can't control those who don't want to believe this. It's not in my power to make anybody believe anything, and I've never asked for that. I've asked for honest, objective investigation without bias and preconception. That's all I'm asking for. From MSN.com, new analysis makes troubling prediction about one of Greenland's biggest glaciers, much larger than anything we suspected. Quote, what they're talking about is the melt rate. It's far worse than anything they had previously predicted. And we see this over and over and over, and it's exactly what I said would occur. I've said it for the entire length of this broadcast now, getting close to 10 years, eight and a half Geoengineering Watch for 14 years, and my time in the battle before that, another 10 years, and I've said this the entire time. It's not as bad as we're being told. It's exponentially worse than we're being told. Exponentially worse. And about the exponential equation, I'll try to get to a comment about that in a moment, but I'll cover a few more headlines. First from the UK Guardian, too late now to save Arctic summer ice. Climate scientists find ice-free summers inevitable, even with sharp emissions cuts and likely to result in more extreme heat waves and floods. What do you mean likely to result in more heat? That's like saying if the air conditioner goes out in your building, it could get hotter inside. What a moronic statement from the so-called experts. Those are the planet's air conditioners, the polar regions, and they're in total meltdown. When all the ice is gone from the ice chest, what happens? Heats very quickly. From phys.org, Arctic could be ice-free in a decade, which is 10 years earlier than previously predicted. It's not going to take a decade. We may have a BOE this year. It's called the Blue Ocean Event. It means no summer ice in the Arctic. And at that point, everything goes exponential. Again, I'll get to the exponential equation in a moment if I, if I can get through these headlines. From that report, the Arctic Ocean's ice cap will disappear in summer as soon as the 2030s. A decade earlier than previously thought is a worst-case scenario, no matter how aggressively humans draw down carbon. And it's not just about carbon. It's about methane. It's about nitrous oxide. It's about climate engineering. It's destroying the ozone layer, which is by itself an extinction-level scenario. Biggest single factor destroying the ozone layer, climate engineering. Search the ozone destruction section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Next, UK Guardian article to consider. Ice sheets can collapse at 600 meters a day, far faster than previously feared. Study finds every single headline now alluding to the fact that we are way, way further into uncharted territory than any official source has yet told us. And what are we seeing on TV? The incredibly meaningless, scripted political idiocy from every arena. Here's the latest example of mind-numbing insanity from the so-called science community. This is from cooldown.com. Scientists have invented a wild way to remove plastic pollution from our oceans with egg whites. Really? We're going to cover the seas with eggs that we don't even have to feed ourselves? And this is from the science community, the same ones that tell us we can cover the polar regions with reflective tarps and we can put 
Brazil-sized balloons in the sky and build massive underwater walls to magically hold up the glaciers as they're melting. Such ridiculous proposals don't come from real experts. What they are is Matrix-manipulated mass distraction actors. Nothing more. And so many in so-called academia in that exact category. little update on... What's happening around the Gulf Coast in Florida from the UK Guardian, clumps of 5,000-mile-long seaweed blob bring flesh-eating bacteria to Florida. Again, this is an ongoing story. Giant clumps of the 13-million-ton patch of algae labeled the Great Atlantic Sargasm Belt. It's washing up on Florida's beaches, and scientists are warning of a real-life threat from the piles of decomposing materials, specifically high levels of flesh-eating bacteria that's lurking in the vegetation. Even more worrying, the researchers say, is the role of the ocean pollution in the proliferation of the bacteria. Again, this is an ongoing story, which can cause disease and death if a person gets infected. The seaweed belt stretching from the Gulf of Mexico to the African coast. Think about that. The Guardian report finishes with this statement, that this 5,000-mile-long patch of organic material is the perfect breeding ground for omnivorous strains of the bacteria that target both plant and animal life. Let's all go take a vacation in Florida, the Gulf Coast. Not so much. Next from USA Today. Carbon dioxide soars to a new record in Earth's atmosphere as climate change continues unabated, along with climate engineering continuing unabated. It's not just CO2. Again, it's the CO2 equivalent Atmospheric chemistry has been completely altered, not just by the rapid escalation of heat-trapping greenhouse gases, but by climate engineering. Ionizing the atmosphere, altering atmospheric relative humidity, destroying the ozone layer, we have completely altered the biosphere. And if it continues, we're not going to be here much longer. And again, for those who want to cling to their ideology of nothing being wrong with the climate... Please wake up, because your position is just as dogmatic and just as deep in denial as those who claim climate engineering isn't happening. Both completely wrong. It's not just a this or that equation. And by clinging to that narrative, and so many on even so many alt-media sites that continue to propagate that narrative, the first thing you do when you do that is to alienate half of those that we desperately need in this battle, those we need to wake up to climate engineering, how well the controllers have orchestrated the divide-and-conquer strategy with one side of the fence acknowledging climate engineering but denying the fact that the planet's in total meltdown, the other side of the fence acknowledging the rapid warming of the planet but completely denying climate engineering. Divide-and-conquer. It's not just a this-or-that equation. It's all the above. And the combination of all the above has created an exponential equation of certain near-term self-annihilation if we remain on the current course. It has been said that the greatest shortcoming of the human race is our inability to understand the exponential function. That quote was from Professor Albert Allen Bartlett. The planet's dying by the day, and even now, so few see it coming. How many... Americans are constantly trumpeting their commitment to Second Amendment rights without so much as a moment's consideration of a right to breathe air that isn't being sprayed with highly toxic elements, elements that are, at minimum, degrading our health and cognitive function while contaminating the entire biosphere and web of life. 
I don't hear a word from this crowd. Crickets. And what about the far left that says they care about the climate while also trying to take away Second Amendment rights? And in this case, also not a word about climate engineering. In fact, if you bring up the subject in these circles, you'll be instantly marginalized. How many will continue to accept the constant censorship and deception being carried out by the matrix, not only to accept the deception, but actually embrace it, it would seem, till the moment of impact, which now draws near? How many know what it feels like when you pass on credible, in fact, irrefutable climate engineering proof to a family member or a friend or an associate, and it seems to get their attention, a bulb seems to go on, but the next time you cross paths, it's as if the exchange of information never happened. They not only don't mention the subject of the dire truth you shared, but they clearly don't want to discuss it anymore, period. I could never count or begin to recall how many individuals I've had that experience with. It comes with a territory. Here's the example of such individuals. They're like the person in an experiment I once mentioned on this broadcast. Here's what happened. A conference room was rented for a mock seminar. 29 individuals already in the room were in on the experiment. Only one wasn't. And during the conference, the smoke alarms came on and smoke was poured into the room. The individual that was the focus of the experiment got up in a panic and looked at everyone else, but no one moved. No one even flinched. So what did the experimentee do? They sat back down and completely ignored the fact the building appeared to be on fire. The subject of the experiment clearly decided that if the herd of sheep sitting in the room with them wasn't alarmed, they didn't need to be alarmed either, even with fire alarms blazing and smoke filling the room. So back to the case of those given credible data on climate engineering, though they may at first be concerned with their sense of reason and logic triggered, Once they're around their peers, or perhaps Google up a matrix-controlled so-called debunking site, the fire of awakening that had begun to burn in them is doused. They go back to sleep in what they deem to be the comforting embrace of the herd. The hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding willingness to face the truth, no matter how dire. When a tidal wave of fear and angst hits hard, what can we do? How can we respond? For each of us, for all of us, it's essential to remember that our only responsibility ever, under any and every circumstance, is to exercise our will correctly, morally, honorably, to do our best. That's all. Through every challenge we face, to search out our own soul every single day. Are we seeing the horizon clearly? Are we on the right course? What can we do to make a difference? That is our appointed post. The destination is the journey. The journey is the destination. Whatever comes, whatever we face, if we hold to our compass heading, we can yet make a difference. It starts with fully facing the horizon no matter how dark. If we expose the insanity, starting with the climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, we can stop it. If we can do that, we can at least buy time, and that's worth fighting for. Share credible data from a credible source, confidently, courageously, with unyielding resolve as if your life depended on the Great Awakening, because it does. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.